In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. Create the memories. I used to think that memories are made out of big monstrous moments. You know, there's trips to Disneyland and everything else. Those memories are made out of those little pockets of time. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. Welcome to the Men in the Arena podcast, where we interview specialists in the realm of manhood. Each of our guests is an expert in their chosen field or cause as it relates to men. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army, we salute you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. I'm Jim Ramos, and I'm here with Dale Culver. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, my friend. Oh, wow. All right, good. Hey, I, I got to tell you, I'm excited about our guest today. We've had him on the show about three and a half years ago. Uh, he's got a huge heart for men's ministry. He's one of our national team captains, written several books, and uh, he's got a cool topic that he wants to discuss today, and I'm really excited about this because I think more guys need to think about this particular topic. And I think they just don't, especially these guys who are in the arena, they're in the stress bubble, they're, they're, they're no, you know, noses to the grindstone, so to speak. And they're just trying to get through every day and every week as being a father and a husband. And I think sometimes we lose sight of the big picture and that's what we're going to talk about today. So I'm really excited to get this guy on the show. Uh, he's always got some great things to say, but uh, hey, before we bring Rex on, do you have a man word for us? Yes, I do. And, uh, I'm not and if sure it's legacy, if it's le- if it's legacy, you are fired. <laughs> I'm serious. If you go that vanilla, it's over. <laughs> and don't say heritage. You, you, no synonyms. You it's it legacy, Dale. isn't it? You did. You did it. Uh, Oh, did, he did. Hit your, did you get he your vanilla your, latte at Starbucks this morning, Dale? He hit your response dead on, too. I asked Rex, I said, <laughs> what is the topic of today? And, and he started telling me, I'm like, hey, you know what? My man word's going to be legacy, but don't tell Jim because he's going to call me vanilla. And I'm like, no, this you came on right when we were talking about this. And, and honestly, guys, my, my man word is legacy. I don't care if I'm fired. You know, there's, you know. Men's ministry jobs that pay really well are a dime a dozen, <laughs> especially in Oregon. Yep, yep, for no. sure. Yeah, Oregon, <laughs> where where the uh, p- personal pronoun before your name was invented. <laughs> but uh, but for me, coming to Christ, 
I actually had a friend that was close to me uh, that died and I went to his funeral and I actually sitting there was going, what will people say about me when I'm gone? What kind of legacy will I leave? And uh, because of that, it really wrecked me. And I, it turned my life around and I said, okay, I want to leave a legacy uh, where people remember Dale as a guy who helped people become better, um, shared Christ's love with them and, and made an impact in his community. And so uh, it, it really changed my life and it changed my kids' legacies. And um, so, yeah, my word's going to be legacy, even though I don't have a job now. Well, we'll go to Starbucks and I'll get a pumpkin spice latte and you can get a vanilla latte and I'll order the <laughs> pumpkin spice because I'll deviate from my usual Americano uh, because I feel like you need help. So anyway, <laughs> well, I, hey, I appreciate that, Dale. And and honestly, I'm, I'm teasing you a little bit here, but I am kind of addicted to s significance. I mean, the songs I listen to, the movies, things that make me really tear up. My wife knows instantly when I'm crying during a movie or a song or a speaker when they start talking about significance and legacy. Uh, I write every day uh, behind me right here are uh, journals. I've got almost 40 journals I filled up. There's some Bibles up there too. But the field guide was written, our bathroom book for men, was, as a journal to my sons. All the journals I've written for my sons to remember me, everything about what I've done in the last 30 years is for my sons to build a legacy and pass on my godly heritage. And so we have a book that's going to go live on the website as a free download uh, next week or the week after called Tell Them Great Things Fathers Tell Their Sons and Daughters. And it's 200 things with re reflection questions and discussion questions. And I wrote this book 20 years ago. It's just a little booklet. Uh, for my sons, things I want to tell my sons so that when I leave this planet, they will remember me. So I am a huge fan of legacy and heritage. You know, we we spend so much time talking about things like, oh, pornography and alcoholism and the legalization of marijuana. Really, if we focus on some of these real positive aspects of manhood, I think men respond a lot better to that. So I'm really excited about this word. And I'm going to bring my friend Rex Tigner on here real quick, but let me brag about him for a second. He lives over on the East Coast of Virginia, been married to his beautiful wife, Becky, of 44 years. He's the founder of Man Up Ministries. He works closely with Iron Sharpens Iron Men's Conferences as their New England Director of Training. And most recently, uh, I recruited him as a shamelessly recruited him. He is our East Coast National team captain. He's actually launching a team this fall and uh, he's written four books for men and uh, his passion is helping men get out of a rut and helping churches launch ministries for men and helping men form a lasting legacy. So I want to bring my friend on Rex Tigner. Rex, how you doing, man? It's great to have you on the show. All right, man. Thank you, Jim. It's good to be here. Yep. Hey, you know, you said something a minute ago and it, it was, uh, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Can you imagine every man on a, on this podcast that hears this podcast that would sit down and wrote just 50 things they wanted to tell their kids? And just like you did, just 50. Can you imagine what that would leave? That's my, that's that's amazing. Well, my original list was 50. I just wrote down everything. It was like 73 or something, but if a guy would, in fact, guys, listen, that's going to be your boots on the ground today. 
So just in your brain, or even right now, start thinking about things that you want to tell your kids. I, 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 things as simple as how you met their mother, how you proposed to their mother, why you became a Christian, what led up to that. Real simple things. We're going to uh, dive into this uh, in a second here. But, you know, Rex, I mentioned earlier, you are our East Coast National Team Captain, along with Jack Eaton. And uh, we only have spots on our Zoom calls for 20 men. We've set it up that way on purpose. And are, is there any room on your team for any guys in the Eastern or Central time zones to sign up for your team? Yes, there is. Um, if they wanted to sign up and, and get signed up, just turn in their names and do all the paperwork that they need to do and everything else. And I'll get an email and I'll respond with an email, giving them the specifics. And then we'll go from there. So, so basically by paperwork, guys, what Rex is saying is go to meninthearena.org and just click on join our program. It asks you a couple of real simple questions. Rex will get an email. He will reach out to you and uh, we will take care of you because we really think, guys, listen, the podcast is great. You know, Rex, yesterday we had our most downloaded day in the history of our podcast. Wow. In one awesome. day, we had 1,400 guys downloaded the podcast. So that's really excited, exciting. But but what we're really excited about is not the 11, the 10,000 followers on Instagram or the thousands and thousands and thousands of guys that listen to the podcast every week. What we're really excited about is guys getting involved in small groups and discipleship. And I know that's your passion too. Absolutely. I mean, there's something that happens in a men's small group that doesn't seem to happen anywhere else. And there's a connection, there's a bond, there's a relationship. And, you know, it's something really cool about a, a, a guy that will have your back. You know, I tell everybody, you know, Jim, that you need men who will fight with you, but there's sometimes you need men who will fight for you. You know, sometimes we get hit. You know, we get hit and, and, and we need that guy that will rise up and say, come on, we're going to get out of this mess and, and he'll fight for you. So you're, you're exactly right. There's something that happens in men's groups that doesn't happen anywhere else. Well, you know, what is interesting, Rex, you said that we need men who will fight for us and we need men who will fight with us. And I want to add one more thing. The best, um, the best friends actually are the friends who will actually fight us because some, That's right. You true. know what I'm saying? Sometimes we yep. just need somebody to slap us in the face and wake us up. Yep. You so, know, hey, you, hey, need, you need that, you need that stuck on stupid buddy, you know, Hey man, you need to get off of this stuck on stupid. <laughs> well, you know what John Wayne used to say? If you're going to be stupid, you better be tough. <laughs> you better be. So, yep. So I, 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 too. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather just have good friends. that will smack me around. That, that'll work Absolutely. for me. Hey, 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 Rex, uh, I've never asked you this story, or if I have, I can't remember it, but can you take about five minutes and share your story? And I know you've got a journey from going into the construction industry for many, many years mm -hmm. and transitioning into to men's ministry. Uh, what about your personal life, kids? Oh, tell us what we need to know about you. Yep. Uh, wife, 44 years, got a son and a daughter, five grandkids, uh, retired as a construction inspector after 40 years. Um I grew up playing baseball, softball. I, uh, I had tryouts with the Reds and the, and the Orioles, and, and they got picked up by uh, uh, softball teams and um, totally wrecked my life, destroyed it. And mm. all of a sudden, um, one day I received a call from a church team that said, hey, we 
love to have you play for us. And I cracked up laughing. I said, dude, you, you, don't you know who I am and my past and everything else? And he said, no, we don't really don't care. You know, and I didn't know this at the time, but the church team, the pastor agreed for them to bring on one heathen a year. And uh, so it was my turn. And um, <laughs> so I, I, I went and played with them and, and it was just amazing. I had guys that invited me to things and I went to a promise keepers rally in Raleigh, North Carolina and finally got talked into it. And I was sitting there and Reggie dabs. And, and, you know, what's so cool is, is I get to speak with Reggie in three weeks, you know, we get to keynote in Wilmington, North Carolina together. And, and he doesn't even really know my story yet about that. So I can't wait to, to help him hear that, you know, and, um, so it, it was just something and they did an altar call and guys just started moving and the fire marshal came on the stage and actually says, Hey men, uh, we've got so many men coming down here. We've got to stop, just stay where you are. And uh, it was just an amazing moment. And I just right then and there, it was just that moment that turned my life around. And so then I, I started getting involved in ministry and I received a call from a, a, a national conference and said, Hey, we need somebody to oversee our men to 70 churches. And, would you be interested? And so we prayed about it and we made the move. And after that, as I was doing that overseeing, I was told by a board of men that I wasn't good enough to be a pastor. And, you know, I, I was, I was crushed. I was crumbled in and I had a 45 minute ride home all on interstate. And I, I don't know if any guys have ever been beat up or whatever by other people, but you know what Satan can do with your mind in 45 minutes, which is just you and, and him in the car, because I allowed him mm -hmm. to ride with me. And um, so I, I popped over the hill and the very next exit was this exit called Airport Drive. Guess where that leads to the airport? OK, I didn't know any of this at the time, but it was as as if God sat up in the back seat and he said, I never told you to get it, but watch what I'm going to do without it. And. A couple of weeks later, that's when Man Up was birthed, and and it was just an amazing, amazing journey on that thing. And you know, and and now I really see the big picture of it all is is because I have guys after I'm doing a seminar or doing keynotes, whatever, whatever, or a conference retreat, whatever, guys come up and go, you know, what you're talking about sounds good, but you being a pastor and everything, I get to tell them, I, I literally get to tell them, they won't let me be one. You know, I'm, I'm a guy just like you. I'm, I'm a construction inspector. That's what I did to make a living. And, and, but I'm a guy just like you. I'm somebody that said yes to God instead of saying no. And, and it's been just an amazing journey, Jim. I mean, just an amazing, amazing journey and the connections and, getting to hang out with guys like you and some of these other guys, you know, people, people laugh all the time when they say, you know, y'all are on the road a lot. We are, but there's something about when you go into a city and you see who else is coming with you and those, the dinner on Friday night and being able to minister alongside these other guys that you build these relationships with. It's just something that happens. And, and so that's kind of my journey in a nutshell. And, and, you know, I'll talk about it here in a minute, too, is, is but but I just want to kind of give you something is, is, is we can allow people's words to define us. 
mm-hmm. to destroy us or to drive us. But when those guys told me I couldn't, that I wasn't good enough, I could have been defined by those guys' words. And fortunate enough, something inside of me says no. And so now I get to be driven by these guys, you know, by those words. And now I get to speak life into other guys who have been told you can't, you couldn't, you're not good enough, your past has disqualified you, you've done this, you've done that. And to watch a guy just grab a hold of a message or a word or a thought or something, and it becomes totally life-changing, there's something amazing that happens. Hmm. Well, you said that when people speak against you or say harmful things, they can either, I think you have to make a choice, which is really good. Those words can define us. I am that guy. I am not good enough. They can destroy us because we believe the lie, or they can drive us to our best version. Do those three things have anything to do with a saying? I've heard you mention numerous times, and the saying is, it all goes back in the box. Does that relate to what you just said to me? Um, it, it's kind of like, you know, at some point we're all coming to the end of our lives. Okay. We're, we're coming. And a lot of people have worked their life away. And a lot of people have filled garages, filled houses with all kinds of stuff. My father passed away a, a, a year and a half ago and he had a garage full of stuff, had a house full of stuff. My dad was a good guy. Our dad, my dad, my dad, loved us dearly. And, and at 94 years old, he would do anything for you that he could conceivably, you know, do. Okay. But one day we rolled up those garage doors and it was full of stuff and it all went in a box. Mm. His whole life, his whole life went in a box and it's going to happen to us. You know, those houses that we leave, those cars that we leave, all of the stuff we leave, the cars are going to be sold. The houses are going to be lived in or, or, or going to be sold. Everything is eventually going to go in a box. The only thing that will never go in a box is, is what you leave as a legacy. And so that's why I like to kind of talk about it is, is that it all goes back in a box. And, and, and think about what you're putting in a box as opposed to what you're leaving inside of people. Hey, and listen, you go in a box. <laughs> you know, yep. and, and that's really interesting. I'm going to be. I'm going to be gonna cremated, go to, Jim, because I'm going to cut out. I'm going to cut out a step. You know where it says ashes to ashes, dust to dust. I'm just going to cut out a step. So I'm doing the same thing. I'm like, <laughs> I want to be in a little box for once in my life. I've always been in a big box. I'm going to be in a little box anyway. But you said something that's really good, man. And and I think this is important for guys to realize this. And guys, you guys that are listening. I know you believe in God. I I don't know where you are in your spiritual journey, but Rex said something real powerful. Everything goes in the box except relationships that you have built in the name of Jesus. Those are outside of the box. Now, Rex, when you talk to men and you start this legacy conversation, what is the first question that you ask these guys about uh, this end of their life in the box. Is there a question you like to ask to get the ball rolling? Well, I, I do. I, I like to say, hey, let, let's let's picture ourselves at your own funeral. So there you are. You're gone. Today's it. It's over. 
and and your family has done all the arrangements and done everything, but you get a seat on the back row of your own funeral. Right? Just just picture this with me. The three questions that I always typically love to ask men to start thinking about is is the first one is is what would your family and others say about you on that day? Okay? First question. The second question is is what would your family and others miss most about you? Would it be your golf game? Would it be your fishing stories? Or would it be how you made a difference in their lives? And here's the last one is, is what would others in your family say your life stood for? Uh-oh. Mm. You know, it's really interesting. Uh-oh. It's really interesting, Rex. I do several funerals a year, you know, and for for ministry, and I've noticed something profound. Most funeral services are an hour, maybe an hour and a half, depending on the sharing stuff. But I have found, I sit down with families before the memorial and we just walk through the, we eulogize the person's life. And between the eulogy of the family members and the obituary reading and the sharing, there are usually in the course of, I just did a funeral for a woman who lived to be 99 years old mm. and her whole life was in, was put into this box. Three themes were prevalent in her life. And I was sad, sadly, not once did anybody mention Jesus in her life. Mm-hmm. So these, so people will remember us by these certain themes that our life stood for, right? And I like to yep. tell guys this, whatever you put to the grindstone in life will be put on your tombstone after life. And so as Absolutely. guys, we have to be thinking about this. So I, and you know, Lee Iacocca, a famous businessman in the eighties said, I've never seen a dying man on his deathbed say, I wish I spent more time at the office. And so mm-hmm. the guys that are listening to this today are hardworking guys. Work oh, is yeah. not a problem for them. It's it's taking the time to do what's important. So I want to I want to back up. I want to go through these questions again, and I want to unpack them a little bit more. Right. So you put a lot of effort to impress this on these guys, uh, <clears throat> because I don't think that men realize that the me- people they should be thinking about throughout life are the people who be crying for them at the funeral. It won't be their boss. It won't be their golf buddies. It might be. It's going to be their wives, their children, their grandchildren. So you asked this question, what would your family miss about you? I mean, that is a deep and profound question. What are some of the responses that you've heard? And what do you want to say to that? Well, the the reason I asked the question is because I attended a guy's funeral one day and and I, I noticed that the guy doing the, the, the service kept looking in the palm of his hand. Okay. Huh. So it got my curiosity up. So it was the most pathetic funeral service I've ever attended. So at the end of it, I had to walk up to him and I had to tell him a lie, even though he was a pastor. But, you know, I'm sorry. You know, I asked God for forgiveness at the end of it. But when I grabbed his hand and shook him and told him what a great job he did, I looked and there he had the guy's name written in the palm of his hand. Okay. Is your family going to have to have your name written in the palm of their hand? 
Well, what I hear you, know, you it, saying, it, yep, yep, yep. Yep. I, I mean, are, are you, are, are you around enough for them to miss something about you? You know, and, and what are you doing when you are around? Are you engulfed in, 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 in watching sports on TV, watching your favorite TV shows, stuck your nose, sticking your nose in the newspaper? Are you spending time with them? You know, wh- one of the things that, that I learned a long time ago is, is, is when your child walks up to you, you're going to reach a time in, in their lives called the cave years. Okay, and and what's going to happen is, is when they're young, they're going to want to come and they're going to want you to be involved. And then all of a sudden they're going to get older and they're going to go into their cave. It's called their rooms. Okay, and then all of a sudden they're going to make an appearance. If if when they make that appearance, if you put in whatever you have and engage them in that moment. The cave time becomes less and less. But if you continue on what you're doing and dealing with and don't acknowledge them, that cave time becomes longer and longer. Mm. And we miss out on a relationship. We miss out on time with our kids just because our own busyness of doing something. So, you know, I, I just want to challenge the guys, you know, don't miss out on the little small things. The things that we think are just really trivial sometimes become the greatest blessings in our kids and our families' lives. You know, and, and, and I mean, I, I want my kids, whenever my day comes, I want my kids to, to, to say, you know, I just miss my dad. You know, he was there. He, he, he engaged us. He, he, he helped us. You know, he taught us. I mean, that's what I want said from my kids, from my family, you know, and, and that, you know, he, he served, he, 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 you know, he, he answered God's call. He, he, he poured his life out into making a difference in the lives of other, other people and especially men. And that's what I want, you know, and and what's really so cool is Jim, I'm blessed to have a ministry and, and, and I, I know you have the same thing, but, my kids donate money to my ministry. How cool is that? That is really, no. really cool. It's really cool going through the champion, our champion newsletters and writing those out to my children and having my son Colton come in yes. here uh, and he does our deposits for our organization. And so, well, you know, going back to this pastor and writing the man's name on his palm, see, I, I heard something different than what you just said. I want to unpack something you didn't say. Mm-hmm. What you didn't yep. say is the reason he wrote it on his palm was that man was anonymous. Pastor didn't know mm-hmm. him. And a lot mm-hmm. of guys die with potential still in them. They die without leaving it all in the field of life. They are anonymous in their churches. They are anonymous in their homes. And they are anonymous in their communities, even though they may be physically present. And so, you know, one of the things that we tell men constantly, it's one of our five essentials of manhood is finish strong. Finish strong, finish strong. And specifically for the men who is living in the stress bubble of life, we tell him that his work does not begin uh, at eight in the morning. It begins at six o'clock at night when he gets home and it ends at nine o'clock at night. Will you unpack the second statement about how our families will reflect on what our lives stood for? Yeah, I, I mean, 
I would come home from work and grab dinner, change clothes, and head out to the ball field. I was playing mm. two and three nights a week. That was my legacy. Okay, at that moment, that was my legacy. I, I, I would come in. Okay, we had children. Guess what I would do? I would take a child to the ball field with me. <laughs> you know, did I spend any time? No, I was playing ball. They were sitting on the bench. You know. And, and and so that was my legacy. And and like I said, I mean, in Raleigh, when we had kids, there was something about seeing that baby born that should change your life. Mm-hmm. I, I, it, it should, okay? Because now you have gone from having a wife as a responsibility to now having another living human being as a responsible. Yeah. You know, and and so it the picture gets bigger. And then as you go, there's other people that start to get into the picture. And I just really think, you know, I, I love the statement, Jim, is, is your fingerprints never fade from the lives you touch. OK, your fingerprints never fade from the lives you touch. Think about that. You know, it, it is is your tombstone going to be a bunch of words engraved? Or is your tombstone going to be a bunch of things? I, I, I tell people this all the time is, is that everybody on this earth is going to take, is going to die twice. The first time is when you take your last breath on this earth. The second time you die is when your name is mentioned for the very, very last time. Mm. What you do today determines how long your name will live. And that's what I'm saying about, you know, what will people miss about you? Make people miss a lot about you. Impact lives, touch lives, your fingerprints, your fing- put your fingerprints on the lives of people. Put your fingerprints on the hearts of people and let your legacy live for generations and generations and generations. You know, it just, just doesn't have to live 20 years. It can live 50, 60, 70 years. You know, so that's that's kind of kind of what I mean by that, you know, missing part. So, yeah. And we have to really think about ways to do that. It doesn't just yes. happen. You know, I think the written word, uh, the, the recorded spoken word, uh, videos, pictures, these things are all things mm-hmm. that help us to leave a legacy. You know, you have a fun acrostic. You take the word legacy and you make an acrostic out of it for men. And I'm actually going to use this acrostic for our equipping blast the week we release your podcast. So men, uh, if you can't take notes, make sure you go to our website, subscribe to our equipping blast. It's only there to help you uh, grow into your best version. I will post these uh, several, these, uh, well, legacy, how many letters is that? Six? Five or six. I'll yep. post those points yep. on our next equipping blast. So let's let's start with that. When you help guys and when you train guys about leaving a legacy, mm-hmm. you start with a letter L, and it stands. What does it stand for? And and how do you communicate this to guys? Well, the L stands for let go of the past. We have a lot of men that today that are trapped in father wounds and all kinds of other wounds. Okay, and and I learned a long time ago, guys, and trust me, because of the past. You can't reach for anything new as long as you're holding on to yesterday's junk. Mm-hmm. Okay. As long as your hands are full with yesterday's junk, you'll never be able to pick up anything new. And, and yes, we, we learned lessons. Okay. And, and, and those kind of things, but, but 
let go of what hurts you, but never forget what it taught you. Okay, if if we keep making the same old mistakes, the same old hurts are going to keep coming up. We need to learn those lessons about what is hurting us and never forget what they're teaching us. Because I have learned, I have learned is, is most of my ministry is because of my past. Mm. We get to minister out of where we have been to help people understand they don't have to live there. It's only a place of reference, not a place of residence. And we have too many men today that are living in the past. They're holding on to stuff that they don't need to be holding on to. And and one of the things that that I strongly want to suggest for the guys here, Jim, is, is there may be somebody, as we're talking right now, that you need to forgive. And there may be somebody that you may need to ask for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And I have learned, I have learned is, is forgiveness is not always necessarily for the other person. It's for you. It's to free you. You know, I, I went back and apologized to a guy one time and you know what he told me? He said, for what? Really? He's, he, he's moved on, man. And I'm still carrying this thing around. You know, and so I just want to challenge the guys to to let go of it, let let get rid of it. But don't ever forget the lessons that you've learned from your past. And here's another thing, too, is, is that your past is always a launching pad to your purpose. Mm-hmm. Always, mm-hmm. you know, you will minister more out of your past. Because God brings those people along to you and you get to go, hey, you know, I ask people all the time. I said, who ministers to an alcoholic better? A guy that's never drank or a guy that that, that has had the problem? You know, I, I hate sitting across from a guy and, and you ask him a question and he goes, well, no, I've never I've never I've never done that. I've never had that issue. I want to sit across the table from a guy who's going to help me move from my junk to my purpose. So, well, you, you know, know, the yeah, L, yeah. let it go. Let it go. I, I mean, I love it because I say this all the time that God turns your mess into your message. And I love Amen. what you said, Rex. Hey, your past, guys, is a reference. It is not a residence. The Apostle Paul yeah. had a past, and he said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, Forgetting what is behind me, I press on to the prize. And that's what we're talking about here. And then uh, about forgiveness, I think this is a huge problem with men. We want to shove it down. We want to we want to push it and hide it. But uh, I, a quote I live by, I love this quote. Uh, and the quote says, to forgive is to set a prisoner free, only to realize that prisoner was you. And so, guys, your lack of forgiveness is only hurting you. The other guy, like in Rex's story, may not even know what happened, may have forgotten you altogether. He may, this person may have died. But you have to forgive. Uh, you have to be willing to receive their forgiveness if they come to you. So L is let it go. What is E? The E is an example, guys. Every day you serve as a role model, whether good or bad. Think about mm-hmm. it. Every day there are people watching you to see how you live your life and how you handle things that come your way. 
Every single day they're doing this. And, and, and I love to challenge men is, is to be that guy that does it right, to be that guy that shows up, to be that guy that's an encourager, to be that guy that calls the best out of other people. You know, I, 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 just a quick story is, is I was at the lowest point, man, when I, when they told me I wasn't good enough, I was so mad. I was so upset. And, and God put this guy in my life through, you know, I wasn't good enough for the local level, but the national level called and said, Hey, I want you to challenge. I want you to travel with this guy, Dan Erickson. And I said, well, who's Dan Erickson? And they said, well, you know, we'll fly you in. We'll do this. And so every, every other week we went to do a different training into a different state, into a different districts and things like that. Well, every time we got ready to leave, Dan would hug me and Dan would tell me, he says, you're the best. You're the best. You're the best. And, and, and so after our 18 months of contract was over, Dan, 35 years of ministry. I mean, you know, it, it was just mind blowing. And here's a guy that passed away that would sit at Starbucks three days a week and and just speak to people as they're coming through the door. And when Dan passed away, they put a table and allowed people to write cards to the family. And the table was it was amazing. It was just amazing. And so the last day that I was with Dan doing that particular 18 months contract that we were on, Dan looked at me, Dan hugged me and Dan said, you're the best. Now it's time for you to go be who you are, who God mm. called you to be. You know, we need to be that guy, man. We need to be, we need to call the best out of our kids, call the best out of our wives, call the best out of our friends, call the best out of our coworkers. We need to be that guy when they walk in, people, instead of, instead of you being bitter, instead of them coming in bitter, they leave you better. You know, no, that's and, good. And so, that's really good. I just challenge you, you know, let's, let's be that guy. Well, the funny part is I got a a horror story for you. So you talk about being an example everywhere you go. You're an example. I had a a guy come up to me the other day and said, Hey, I just want you to know that I ran into a guy and I was talking about this minutes in the arena ministry that I really enjoy. And the guy's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about this Jim Ramos. And my, this friend said to me, said, well, why? And he said, well, I was, on a date night with my wife one night and he was sitting at a table with his wife on their date night and they got into a big fight <laughs> in the restaurant. I remember the night and I remember what it was about. And he said, that just really turned me off. And I thought, you know, I never seen this guy in my life. I don't know if I'll ever see him again, but I thought, you know, that's really interesting. You know, that not everybody is watching you and you may not even know it. And you just have to accept that fact, put on your big boy pants and be an example. Yeah, let me tell you one other thing, too, is is for 40 years, I was a construction inspector with a municipality, and for 30 of them, I did it all wrong. Okay, did it all wrong. I I was out, you know, you know, the language and the lifestyle and everything that's out on the construction site and everything else. I started really getting this thing right. Okay, do I get it right every day? No, but I started getting it right, and it started reflecting into these crews and things like that. And one of the greatest moments ever happened is, is there was an older guy on the crew received a phone call one day that his mother had been rushed to the hospital. He got, he jumped in the truck. He started off. All of a sudden he parked the truck. He came back and he says, Hey, would you take time and pray for my mother? 
that's when you know the example is being seen. You know, guys, at work, at work, be an example. You may be the only church anybody ever goes to. Yep, yep. Especially in this day and age when people are isolating themselves. So, you know, it's interesting. So you shared a a positive example story. I shared a negative one. But let me tell you, this is a a fun victory here that's going to lead into our next letter. My wife and I, Rex, every 10 years after our 10th year of 20th year of marriage, so 20 years of marriage, we went in for counseling. And then we decided this is really good. Let's do it every 10 years. Mm -hmm. So right now we're in the middle of marriage counseling. And the number one thing that we're working on is how to communicate with each other in conflict. So we're trying to grow in the area of our disagreements. And so the fun part is, is here's this example that I didn't even know about till recently where we were bickering on a date night and somebody saw us and it was negative in their opinion. And that's the very thing now that we're working on. And so that speaks to the next letter and that's the letter G. What does that stand for and and how do you explain it? Grow every day, man. Every day you get an opportunity to learn something and learn something new. You know, open up the word, read something new. I don't care if you don't read, have time to read, but one verse before you rush out of work, out to work or out to whatever you've got to do, read something and let it get inside of you. We have too many men that are living the same year 75 times and calling them life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, 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 and here's a statement that I want to challenge every man listening to this podcast. To get out of their get to get out of their vocabulary to get out of their life is we have always done it this way. I have always done it this way. You know, I tell the granddads, I said, granddads, if you live by this statement, there's going to come a time where you probably won't see your grandkids. Okay, I, I mean, you, I'm not saying that you change to what the world is doing. Never compromise what the Word of God says. Okay. But sometimes you've got to change your thinking. You've got to change the way you do things. You've got to change. Even here's the big thing is, is sometimes as we get older, we get sharper. Mm-hmm. You know, change the wording, change the way you use your words. Um, one of the things that I love to challenge men to do is, is, is every night before you go to bed, make, yes, make tomorrow better than today. Okay. Ask yourself two questions. What did I learn today? And what would I, what do I need to do differently tomorrow? Okay. What did I learn today? And what do I need to do differently tomorrow? Men, if you just did that right there, every day would be better than the last. And, and I have, I also have learned the hard way is, is that if you're not growing, you run out of things to give away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Maxwell calls that knowledge. the law, law of the lid. And yes. people are going to fade yes. away from your leadership because you got nothing left to offer them. You know, um, yes. it's really interesting, Rex, because I shared that I'm right now really focused on loving Shanna better. And the other area mm-hmm. I'm working on comes out of the book. I've just finished a rough draft. It's called The Full Capacity Man. We're going to release it in June of 2022, but the I was like the first, second or third chapter is on being calm in in situations that create could create stress or problems, 
And I've really been hit with in the face that I do not do well there. So I'm really focusing on that. And this morning I read a, a quote and I'm really meant processing and meditating on this quote. And here's the quote. And this really goes along with this growth thing for me personally. And the quote is this, every problem introduces a man to himself. And, and I've been looking at that quote going, I don't really like who I've, I just met here. So it's, I'm really working on this. And guys, I think this is important for you. Where can you grow? Work, what can you learn? And how would you do your life differently tomorrow than today? I think those are great questions, Rex. So, so we have the L, which is let it go. E, be an example. G, grow daily. And what is the A in our legacy acrostic? Accessible. You've got to be accessible, man. Never forget when you give away your time, you've given away your most prized possession because you never, ever get it back. Okay. We need to be intentional and it takes effort to be accessible, guys. Don't say something unless you mean it. Don't say something unless you can do it. All right. Be careful. You know, broken promises become even more broken promises because they become easy. Don't allow your words, your broken promises to get into the side of people and go, well, I'm not going to ask him to do anything because he hasn't done the last four things. Okay. And, and, and like I said, and, and invest your life in things that will last. Okay. The only thing I know that that's going to really last is, is your life, your life legacy, you know, mm -hmm. work hard, you know, whether you're at work, whether you're at play, whether you're at home, wherever you are, work hard to, to, to make sure that you're living it the right way. Make sure that when your phone rings, it's your grandkid or it's your, your, a, a person at work, make sure when you are giving them your time, make sure you're being wise with it. Okay. Make sure you're just, you know, yeah, it's fun to cut up. It's fun to laugh and everything else, but, but make sure even doing those times you're leaving a nugget, make sure you're dropping a nugget in that moment. I, I, you know, like I said, if you're learning something new every day, you've always got a well to draw from. Yeah. You know, so, you know, so when you're accessible, make sure you're giving the right things away. Um, you know, here, here's one other thing, too. We're, we're going to talk about it in a minute and, and, and create memories and to see, which I'll give everybody a head start. But, you know, it's it's those moments and especially for these granddads, okay? Granddads, if, if you have a grandkid that calls you, FaceTimes you, make sure you're involved in that moment, okay? Make sure that you are physically involved. Look people in the eye. Do things that you know you need to be doing when you're accessible because those little windows will become more windows. So, Well, and what you're saying there, and I, I've struggled with this, at times. And you're not saying be present. You're saying be present and accessible because a lot of guys come home from work at the end of the day and they're physically present, but not accessible. And so Amen. there's a phrase, there's a phrase Rex that a man should never have anybody say this about them. You ghosted me. Mm -hmm. That's a phrase that's out there nowadays. And it's a biggest slap in the face for a man we have to be present. Guys, wherever you go, be there. 
And if you say you're going to call somebody, call them. If they call you, call them back. Wherever you go, be there. So I love that phrase. I love that word accessible. It's more than being present. Hey, one, one, two, I I just want to point this out is, is every day when I backed in there a driveway after I got home from work, I would sit in that, in that vehicle and I would take a minute to decompress. Okay. And, and I would just take a minute or two to just sit in that vehicle just to go. (sighs) When I turned the vehicle off, I shut the door. That part of my day ended. And the next part of my day began. So I, I just challenge men, you know, when you back in the driveway, just take a minute, take a breath, pause, breathe, and understand this part of the day is ended. You're getting ready to begin a new day when you walk through the door of your home. Well, and think about it. That wife of yours, if she's not working in a voca- if she's not getting paid for a job and she's raising the kids in the house, She's been talking baby talk all day long. She's been waiting for you to come home. You are her beginning. And those kids have been longing for daddy to come home. You are their beginning. And what guys, you need to finish every day strong. And that's compounded over time as a strong life finish. Okay. So let's move. You gave us a little, had a little spoiler alert there. So your A is accessible. C is what does C stand for? And how does this play into leaving a legacy? Create memories. Guys, we need to create memories every day. We need to outlive our lives. Okay. Outlive your life. All right. Mm. Never forget some of the greatest moments happen unexpectedly. Be ready. Be there. You know, be be in that moment. Create the memories. Uh, like I said earlier, I used to think that memories are made out of big monstrous moments. You know, there's trips to Disneyland and everything else. Those memories are made out of those little pockets of time. You know, I have I have a granddaughter and she's in the other room now. Sleep. She has to sleep right beside my chair. Okay. And as soon as she wakes up, the first thing she's going to look at and she goes, I see. You know, it's going to be those moments of where she wakes up and we share an icy together. You know, it's those moments. One of the coolest things that my kids have done is they've set up email accounts for all of the grandkids. So today we we spent some time with two of the grandkids. I took a couple pictures. Here in a little while, I'll email both of their email accounts. When these kids turn 18, they're going to get these accounts. I may be here. I may not be here. Okay. But what's so cool is, is these kids get to look back over their life and have memories of what we did, of mm. what we were doing, of moments of time and things like that. So I just challenge you is, is to create memories. Remember guys, your fingerprints never fade from the lives you touch. Okay. Touch the, touch people's lives, you know, create those little moments. So. Well, it's interesting. Last Friday, my son and his best friend, there's a, there's a group of us that hunt together. It's me and my sons and their friends and their friend, my son's friend shot a bull elk with his bow and he didn't hit it well. And they called me. So I drove, you know, it was a two hour drive to where they hunted and shot this bull. We walked in and we spent three hours tracking the blood trail, this bull. I brought Colton with me. So I had both two of my three sons there with me, never found the elk, but that memory, the, 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 the elk would have been the trophy, but the memory 
is what lasts. And here's what I want to say to guys. Guys, listen, do not make this mistake. This is a mistake. It is a miss. Here's the miss. Do not invest your life in buying a big house, big boat, big RV, big toys. It's what you do with those that matters. It's the memories that you create with those things that matters. The things do not matter because guess where those things are going to go, Rex? In a box. In a box. In a box. Yep. So guys, don't yep. make the mistake of investing in things. Use those things to invest in memories. My wife and I did that, Rex. We have no toys. We have a house we live in that's an average size house. We have a garage for our car. We made it, built a garage gym. We've got a gun safe and we have a tool shed and we use all those things to build memories and it's Amen. all about the memories. And so I think that is such a huge, huge component. Create yep. memories. In other words, I love what you said, Rex, outlive your life, out kick, out, out punt your coverage. I'll punt your coverage. <laughs> so the last letter today is the last letter today is why. Why? What does that stand for? And what's up? That is called you. Be the best you. Okay. There are always plenty of people out here willing to tell you who they think you are and what you should become. Okay. Don't let anybody steal your identity. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we're God's workmanship. Some translation says we're masterpieces. Okay. Picture that. The God of the heavens that created the moon, the mountain, the stars, the seas, the, the rivers, everything. He created you. And he said, you are the best of it all. He said, you're my workmanship. And, and and so he goes on, but see, we have too many men today that are dying copies instead of dying originals. Mm -hmm. Too many men, too many men are dying copies instead of dying originals. You know, we need to live every day like it's our last because one day we're going to be right. You know? You know, that's why yeah, I said earlier, yeah. make yes, make, make, make tomorrow better than yesterday. Make it, make it better. Outlive your life. Like you said, I'll punch your coverage. You know, man, we need to start making our days count instead of, and, and stop counting our days. Every day, make your life count for something and someone instead of sitting back and going, oh, I'm 58 or I'm 59. I'm, I'm 80, you know, as long as you have breath, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. As long as you wake up the next morning, that tells me God isn't done with you. Get going. You know, I, I, I look at, I look at my dad, my dad was still working at 80 years old, just loving on people. Hmm. I was sitting with him at Hardy's at 80 years old, man. Listen to this at 80 years old, he sits at Hardy's. On a Sunday morning before we went to church, we would meet him. And he told me, he says, you travel the country and you're talking to all these men about their purpose. And he said, and I'm 80 years old and I've never had a chance to live out mine. And I said, Dad, as long as you have breath, as long as you can move, there's still an opportunity. I said, you love to go into nursing homes and you need to visit people and you need, you love seeing people. You need to love, you love chatting with people. 
So what would it look like if you went to your church and told them to order the devotionals for you, like daily bread or whatever, and you took Sunday afternoons and you went and visited different nursing homes and different people? Jim, he started doing that on Sundays. He always found somebody. He asked the church, he says, can I get the flowers at the end of the church service? He would take somebody flowers every Sunday. Jim, 80 years old, this man found a purpose and it became larger than him. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. You know, it doesn't make any difference. You're never too young to start thinking about a legacy because you, if you're 20, you may not make it to 30. Leave a legacy as a 25 year old, you know? And, and, and so I I just, there's this statement that, you know, Bobby Bowden last week, you know, he passed away and they had a big thing at the Florida state Notre Dame game. And I saw them flash this thing up, and, and, and it's a Bobby Bowden quote. It says, don't take unused life to the grave. <laughs> don't take unused life to the grave. Guys, we talked about a lot of stuff today. You know, maybe some of it was useful to you. Maybe some of it's not. But I'm going to tell you one thing. I really hope that you grab a hold of two things, two things. Your fingerprints never fade from the lives you touch. Never. Okay. And don't take your unused life to the grave. Live it out. Paul said, Paul said in 2 Timothy 4 7, he's telling Timothy, he says, Timothy, he says, man, he says, I fought the good fight. He fought, men. Every day is not going to be easy. There's some days you're going to have to pull your bootstraps up and you're going to have to get into the battle and you're going to have to knock out whatever's standing across from you. Okay, you're going to have to you're going to have to battle. You're going to have to pull that sling out. and You're going to have to sling that rock and you're going to have to let God hit that giant. Okay, and then he says and then he says, he says, I finished. I finished the race. Paul finished it well, guys. He didn't start well, but he finished well. Some of you on this podcast today, you might not have started good. But now you get a chance to finish well. And then the last statement is he said he kept the faith. Guys, there are going to be times where you're going to feel like you waver. Hold on. Mm-hmm. You've got to remember, guys, God went to that cross and took that horrible beating for you and even you on your bad days. Okay? Hold on to that faith. Hold on that if God brought you into this, allowed this, allowed you to come into this, God's going to get you through this. And mm-hmm. I, I just I just love that verse, man. I mean, you know, he, I fought. I finished. And I kept, oh my. You know? Well, the Bible so. says the end is better than the beginning. The end is better than the beginning. And what you didn't mention in that 2 Timothy 4 uh, discourse is what Paul said at the very beginning. He said, I have been poured out like a drink offering. And what Amen. Paul's saying is, I've done it all. I know it's over because I'm I'm done. I've, I've, I've given everything I have. I've been poured out. I've left it all in the field. And you know, guys, we're talking about being your best version. And Jesus said, I have come that you may have life to the fullest. So when we talk about leaving a legacy, we talk about a life that left it all on the field. And and no matter where you guys are, I want to tell you, some of you guys have lived pretty crappy lives. You've been, you've been, 
pretty horrible humans. And then you found Jesus, and he's changing your life. And what matters, I, I don't want to discount this, Rex, but finishes are all that matters. Starts don't matter. They don't matter. All that matters is finishes, guys. So I love a poem that said, you do not, you cannot go back and make a brand new start, my friend, but everyone can start now and make a brand new end. So Rex, thanks for having, Amen. coming on yep. our show, man. I always appreciate you, uh, really connect with you as a brother and uh, sure, a much, much older, uh, less, less handsome brother, but a brother. And I uh, sure appreciate you coming on the show, man. Yes, sir. Always good to be with you, Jim. Hey, guys, let's get our boots on the ground. What's next? And I think we talked about earlier. Go make a list of 50 things you're going to tell your kids and then tell them. And uh, guys, if you have not subscribed to the Equipping Blast next week, I'm going to write it. I'm going to put this uh, legacy acrostic in this thing for you to have on hand and accessible to you at all times so that you can go out and you can be remembered for the great man that God has made you to be. So, uh, hey, Rex, I got a question, man. How can our guys get a hold of your resources and tap into you if they want to follow you? Um, Manupministries.net is the website. Uh, all my information is on there. On the book, on on my website, you will see Boot Camp for Men. It's a 24-week series that was totally life-changing for the men of our church. If you use the passcode MANUP2021, it, you will be able to download a free PDF copy of it. Okay. I don't take their names and send you letters and do anything with that. It's going to ask you for that. I'd rather you have the book than have the other stuff. So, like I said, it's Man Up 2021, and you can download a free PDF copy of Boot Camp for Men. I appreciate that, man. That's a that's a that's a big deal. And guys, if you want to uh, sit at Rex's feet along with his uh, co-national team captain Jack Eaton, you guys, and you live on the East Coast or Central Standard Time, sign up for that uh, team. You can go to the website manarena.org, join the program, and you can do that. Tuesday night, seven thirty. Tuesday night, seven thirty Eastern Standard Time. Dale, take us home, brother. Yeah, guys, we want you to invest in yourself. So head on over to meninarena.org and join our program. Subscribe and share this podcast. There's other guys out there that need to hear this. Until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. And be a man. You've been listening to the Men in the Arena podcast. If you hunger to be your best version, then join thousands of men from around the world in our Men in the Arena forum on Facebook. This is the best place to have open discussions around the topic of biblical manhood. Make sure to explore our website at meninthearena.org, sign up for the weekly equipping blast, and take advantage of our many free resources designed to help you become your best version of a man. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. Remember, when a man gets it, Everyone wins. 
What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.